Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology today. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I'm so thankful to be your host. And we're going to be looking today at minimalist archaeologists and just what they believe. And uh, pretty interesting. Again, I remember when I was in college first learning about the minimalist, I was kind of shocked. And so I studied them from time to time. Basically, let's say on the realm of biblical archaeology, what they, the basic premise they would have is, and, and there's varying degrees to this. There's some that believe this and some believe things varying off this, that Israel about 300 B.C. was around Greece and it was like 17 families and they wanted to come up with a history. Everybody needs a history. So they decided to come up with and invent the Old Testament. And um, that's what a lot of minimalists believe, not all of them. Let's get started. Let's just look at them. We're in pages 182 through 185 of the popular handbook of archaeology of the Bible by Holden and Geisler. And I've got a lot of things underlined here, and we'll just play off of that. Um, so this movement began in the 1880s and 90s among mostly European scholars in London and Denmark who questioned the real existence of David and Solomon. Whether there really was a united monarchy, they further questioned the existence of Abraham and the patriarchs, Moses and Exodus, Joshua and his conquest. Now remember, this goes back to, regardless of the name you call it, because I know certain names are, are toxic, you can't say, but critical theory. And that goes back to Marx. Karl Marx talked about criticizing things as a way of destroying. we got a picture here of the 9th century B.C. obelisk. Uh, illustrating Shalmaneser III. One panel depicts the king of northern Israel, Jehu, or Joram, bowing before Shalmaneser III. And then it talks about tribute of Jehu, or Joram, house of Amri. I've done a few podcasts on that. It's fascinating. It's things like that. It's really difficult to try to minimalize because obviously there's a, a monarchy there even though it would be the united monarchy. For the minimalist in their literature, much of the debate centered on the historicity of David. And this is the reason that massive discovery, 1993, Abram Biram of Hebrew Union College discovered a 9th century B.C. Aramaic inscription at Tel Dan, northern Israel. I've been there. The inscription contained a statement written by an enemy of Israel referring to king of the house of David. This discovery, along with others, such as the Misha steel, which contain the same phrase and excavations at Kerbet Kiafa on the Israelite-Philistine border, demonstrated the historicity of David's dynasty, that the southern kingdom of Judah rose between 1100 and 1000 B.C. So, I mean, that kind of just destroyed everything <laughs> uh, that they were coming out, uh, I think was it Ken Bo who went to work for Israel Finkelstein for like 28 days, I think. We've got a book of his underlined in the footnotes down here. We must beware of the fallacy of arguing from silence. Just because little evidence has been found does not mean the exodus did not occur and that evidence will not be found in the future. 
massive evidence of that is Hittites. They've never found any evidence of Hittites. Said they were mythological. The Bible is not true. Then they found Boghazkoi, the capital of the Hittite kingdom. And now they Hittites are everywhere all over the ancient Near East. So uh, just because they haven't found something doesn't mean they won't. We've got underlined here as well uh, some things by Bryant Wood. However, archaeologist Bryant Wood has recently, 1990, countered Kenyon's finding this is Kathleen Kenyon at Jericho with a detailed analysis of pottery and explanation of stratigraphy, rich material layers of occupation, which have shown the walls of Jericho to have collapsed as described in Joshua 6, 20-24. What is more, abundant stores of unused grain indicate a short springtime siege as Judges 2.6 and 6.15-20 imply. Also, an army of several million would have uh, plundered that unless commanded by God not to. Wood's analysis of previous excavations of Jericho by Gar Stang and Kenyon has yielded a date of 1400 B.C. for its destruction, which is consistent with the biblical account of the conquest almost to the year. And uh, Garstang, he was so shocked, he made people sign like affidavits that they weren't making stuff up, that the walls of Jericho actually fell. So minimalists in the use of the Bible, we're back in the book here, minimalism has led a campaign among professional archaeologists to abandon the term biblical archaeology altogether for the more scientific-sounding term Near Eastern archaeology. Be very concerned because he who controls the language controls the narrative. So like even A.D. and B.C., I still use that because of its Christian connotations. Um, what's more, the biblical archaeologist adheres to the same generally accepted principles of excavation as do other Near Eastern archaeologists, meaning there's no need to be bibliophobic. So just because you use the term Bible, you know, be bibliophobic. Oh, we can't use the term Bible. That all goes back to the 18th century and not wanting to use supernaturalism. They would call them fanatics because they believed in supernaturalism. Um, going back to Jericho, it was all because Kathleen Kenyon did not find Egyptian scarabs, which she postulated she would have found for various reasons and various stratigraphy. Well, it turns out that she was, if I remember correctly, burrowing in the rich part of town and they found the scarabs in the poor part of town. Now we come to the minimalist rejection of religion, and this is at the heart of everything. First, to reject information, research, and conclusions because of the source uh, commits the genetic fallacy a perceived defect in the origin of a claim or a thing is taken to be evidence that discredits the thing of itself. And you see that, unfortunately, in all of the current cultural arguments in the United States of America. It doesn't matter if it's true or false. If it's who said it, and if the wrong person said it, it seemed to be false out of hand. All right, to reject the model of the benzene molecule since it was inspired by Frederick August uh, Q. 
Kiku's vision of a snake uh, biting its tail, you know, do we just reject that? Or what do we make of Nikolai Tesla's idea for alternating current mower, motor, which he obtained by vision while reading a pantheistic poet? So did he just reject it? Has any philosopher rejected Socrates or works found in Plato because Socrates' philosophy was inspired by a Greek prophetess? And I dare say many people who study Socrates don't realize that. Even though rocks are religious objects to some, it does not mean we cannot be objective about geology. I love his points. Even atheism offers a religious perspective about God. To reject a source because it's religious unfairly discriminates against people of faith in favor of non-religious positions. In most cases, through the doctrine of Christianity, these include Kepler, physical astronomy, it's talking about Christians who've discovered things, Pascal, hydrostatics, Boyle chemistry, Steno, stratigraphy, Newton, calculus, gravitation, optics, Faraday, magnetic theory. He was a big-time Christian of some sort. Babbage, computer science, Mendel, genetics, Maxwell, electrodynamics, and Pasteur, bacteriology. Wasn't it Pasteur's big... I can remember reading on the Theosophical Society and Annie Wood Besant, they were putting curses on him because they thought he had disproven Darwinism. But others whose motivation to analyze the natural world was the natural byproduct of a belief in a creator. So, fifth, to reject the reliability of the Bible because it's a religious book destroys the trustworthiness of many ancient Near Eastern artifacts and literary works. Most of them contain certain religious pronouncements and references to the gods. I mean, basically all of them do. The earliest societies were religious, not atheistic. That's what the big city in Turkey they found a big deal. It's considered the earliest city ever found, and it was based on religion. In fact, we cannot cons uh, consult with any degree of reliability most Egyptian, Babylonian, Hebrew, and Persian archaeological data since most refer to divine actions, belief in pagan deities. I mean, even the pyramids and the Sphinx. Stonehenge, they think. So they used to not have extra-biblical evidence for Belshazzar or David. Now they do, so argument of silence just doesn't work. And then it's got a little picture. Originally damaged in an earthquake in the 8th century AD, a Greek mosaic floor map showing portions of Israel, Egypt, and Syria was accidentally discovered during the construction of a Greek Orthodox church in 1884. Currently, the map is located on the floor of St. George Greek Orthodox Church in Madaba, Jordan. It's the very famous Madaba map. It lists the names of important biblical cities, landmarks, including Jerusalem, and their orientation and proximity to various geographical features, such as the Dead Sea and the Jordan River. It means the oldest surviving map of the Holy Land, dating to the mid-500s A.D., mid-6th century. So the map has been confirmed by archaeologists as valuable. For example, the picture above depicts Jerusalem 
the central uh, cardo throughout with its pillars and road, the Damascus Gate and the Nia Gate. Other locations such as Ashkelon are found to be in the exact location described by the map. But it came from a church, so do you accept it or not? So the minimalist position to me, I mean, what so often they would claim for religion that we see things through the eyes of bias and faith. You know, I've studied atheism and agnosticism a lot. Agnosticism comes from T.H. Huxley. He invented the term, coined it. Darwin's bulldog, T.H. Huxley. His grandchildren, Julian and Aldous, very famous in their own right. Um, that they have their own biases and faith. Even to the point, there are records in history that when something is discovered that would somehow prove the Bible, that sometimes the evidence disappears or is destroyed, not just misinterpreted. So next we're going to meet the maximalist, but we'll do that next time. So God bless you. Thanks for being with us. Please continue to pray for us, share with your friends, family, neighbor, church, family, Sunday school classes. And uh, join us daily, and please leave us a five-star review. It really helps people find us. So God bless. Talk with you later. Bye-bye.